Set fire to your hair. Poke a stick at a grizzly bear. Eat medicine that's out of date. Use your private parts as piranha bait. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. Wow. <laughs> that was soothing. That That's was soothing. A song for the times. You may it's... not know it's the theme song for the game Dumb Ways to Die. Phone app. Ian actually holds the world record on it. Yeah, that was vocalized by our guest for the week, Ian Harris. Uh, the much-awaited Ian Harris podcast. We've been talking about it for the past three podcasts. Yeah, the rebuttal. Yeah, the uh, potential <laughs> title for this one. <laughs> the um, rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, it's... <clears throat> I guess let's let's kick it off. Uh, this is Carnegie Natural. Naked. Afraid. Unedited. Um, unedited. Untamed. As God intended. Unquarantined. Un- un- ooh. Unoccupied. This is a group of four mm. right now, so we're, get- we're underneath the ten-man limit. We are underneath yeah. the ten-man limit, yes. And the five-man limit. Uh, so far, uninfected, uh, yes. as far as we know. Um, we may, we may, we may start administering coronavirus tests before our uh, our podcast in the future. I don't think we could. <laughs> we don't have any. All right, but uh, okay. I'm Josh, Liam, and I'm Tim, and I'm Ian. Yes. Welcome, Ian. Thank you. Uh, that was that was a very pretty song that you sang. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about how about you tell us uh, why you sang it? So um, there. Uh, I don't, I don't know which came first, the song or the game. I think the song might have come first. It was a public safety announcement around trains by some Australian train company, and then they made a game out of it because the song lists so many dumb ways to die that the game consists of various challenges within the game. And then one time, my sophomore year of high school, I had to start playing the game, and I get all the easy challenges again and again and again. So I end up doing really well and lo and behold i end up smashing the world record mm. so how wait how long did that take you <laughs> probably about an hour and a half and i mean i paused it because like i was in school and i i think there was a fire drill or something and i finished it at home an hour and a half to actually get the world record but yes. how much time did you invest into being able to have that skill set <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was it was my game. It was my game at the time. I think this was uh, your game of choice. My, the yeah. game of choice. I think this might have been spring sophomore year. And whereas, well, actually, of high school or college? High school. High school. Okay. Okay. Actually, I, I forget it was it was fall or spring. But there was one time when I was playing Bloons TD Battles religiously and religiously. Um, yes. Yeah. And then quite, apparently here I was playing uh, Dumb Ways to Die religiously. So. It took a lot of preparation, but honestly, the only reason it happened was because I got all the easy challenges that game. So you're you're saying that your world record was uh, partially luck, of course. That makes sense. Yes. Um, but also skill. Yes. You're a very talented uh, phone phone game player. Yes, I am. So I guess uh, you've probably explained this to me many times, but you're an avid phone gamer, but you've never transitioned to real console beyond Wii Fit. <laughs> oh, I, I could tell you all about my Wii Fit strategies. Hit, hit, it mostly involves sitting on a chair and resting your arms for better control. Okay, pro tip for all those Wii Fit yep. LG players. And, yeah. Yep. So we sit, not we fit. Uh, so Ian, if I if I'm getting this, uh, if I'm hearing this correctly, you cheat at Wii Fit? No, I have strategies for Wii Fit. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. I agree with that, yeah. 
you know, don't you like make your weight like 500 pounds and what, what are the modifications you make to the, your body and we fit that make you get a higher score i mean it would be hard to carry 500 to that would involve carrying 355 pounds onto the board with me so what i normally make my weight lighter although oh, there's so the other way around yeah yeah, yeah yeah so for example like the balance bubble games it involves moving your weight around the board so what what i'll do is i'll sit and just rest my feet on the board and it, it says i weigh like th i don't know what like 20 to 30 pounds or something and then that way um i'm sitting and i have full control over the balance board all about control yeah and then this one game is called the lotus focus you're supposed to sit on the board and be as still as possible uh -huh. the way i beat that game was by <laughs> putting a box on the board <laughs> Hold on, what <laughs> so th those are those are some strategies i don't i, I mean I gave, I gave them away they're out there ian what drove you to uh this type of ingenuity um i mean you got to be creative sometimes but, but why? <laughs> what purpose? What benefit did this have for society? I wasn't thinking about society. I was thinking about beating high scores. Do you have like the world record in Wii Fit things? I don't know. I don't. I, don't oh, know I guess they didn't really track it. There's yeah, like I hope online. there's a leaderboard. Yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, if you took your uh, if you took your uh, vigor to like Call of Duty or any uh, computer real time strategy game. I'm pretty sure you would do pretty well. What about Bloons Tower Defense Six? That's, that's what he's on now. I'm that's, on now. I've heard this. That's, that's what he's on. And now. it's it's yeah. it's on it's on my laptop, not my phone. So interesting. Oh. So you I didn't know that you're a PC gamer now. <laughs> guess so. You play. On, you play on. <laughs> <laughs> Just shrugs. <laughs> I hope I see you with a massive gaming rig, like five thousand dollars at least, and it's like you're playing Bloons Tower Defense on. R slash Battle Station. He's gonna have like actual balloons set up, and he's, like, he's gonna use that as inspiration. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna like buy actual monkeys, smuggled in from the jungle, and train them to throw darts at the balloons. Yes, I would like to see that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess the uh, the topic that we've all been waiting for. Uh, this is this has been something that we've talked about uh, with uh, your acquaintance, Shuming. Shuming. Okay. Um, what do you got to say about Shuming? Yeah, let's give give your two cents about Shuming okay, to start off. Do we have to give the background of what this debacle is again? I like, think. Well, let's let's let him start off. Let's let's hear what Ian has to say because I think he has a lot on his mind about okay. this. So maybe if this is the first episode of Carnegie Natural you're listening to, which unless you know me personally and not anyone else, I don't know why you would. But if that's the case. Um, go back two episodes and listen to that, so so you'll see what I'm refuting. Not just the shoe men, but we could we could give a quick recap. Yeah. So uh, okay, I'll, I'll go through it a bit because my my rebuttals will contain what Shuming has said about me. Well, before before your rebuttals, I I want to hear just your general thoughts on Shuming. I mean, I, I like the guy. Like we like we get along pretty well. We we've hung out a couple times and. Like we're we're, we're pretty. We're, you we're hung out a couple out. times. You've been friends for four years. Yeah. <laughs> what an understatement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we've been friends for four years, and we've hung out like either just us or just like Tim and us. And yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool. And we'll we'll see each other uh, like around campus and, and and talk. Like we're we're we're, we're pretty cool. We roast each other a lot. That's that's a big part of our thing. That's, that's yeah. That's what probably, probably the main. That's what we're interested thing. in. Um, <laughs> and all right, so yeah, would would you say that you have beef with Shuming? 
Well, after the podcast, uh, yes, mm. a little bit, specifically with what he said, but okay. I. I just need a chance to clear my name, and then it should all be good. All right. Wait, have right. you have you spoken to him at all in person or over text since? No, I haven't seen him. Okay, so that was two weeks ago. Ooh. I yeah. wonder if Shuming's hiding. Yeah. Shuming yeah. knows yeah. that he's angered the beast. <laughs> all right. I mean, well, it, it wouldn't be any different than usual. Not gonna lie. So, well, let's let's hear what you have to say then. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's <laughs> Ian is just he's filled to the brim with insults. <laughs> he's about to go off on Shuming. All right. So. Shuming said a lot of things about me two podcasts ago, and we some don't tell him what it was. At this point, we might as well just explain. Just, okay, yeah, just 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 go. Yeah, go into it. Go, go into it. So first, and then yeah. Yeah. So Shuming told me that it. I, I, I don't know. Some some of what he said was embarrassingly true, and yeah, it's just embarrassing stuff on my part. Some of what he said is not embarrassingly true, i.e., Everwing. I I <laughs> proudly own up to my Everwing um, addiction accomplishments addiction <laughs> yes it's an addiction um, not 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 the, I, let's okay let's let's not go there I I, I, I wouldn't say sure. I wouldn't say it's about it we don't have to talk you know, about anything you don't want to talk okay, about no. I know what you're say, say 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 what you want about that it's, it's all good. Yeah, um, sweep it sweep it under the rug okay well, that that's that's, that's, that, that's swept under the rug okay, okay. um and uh, so. But also, let's get something straight. We have a computer science major here who, when who should have known that my system of creating fake Facebook accounts <laughs> would result in exponential, not factorial, growth of the number of group messages I can I can play. Mm. Because if I have n fake Facebook accounts, I can either include it or not include it in any given uh, group message. So there should be two to the n. Um, messages I can make out of n really fake accounts. Did I mistake? I must be stupid. I heard I heard the word factorial. I did not hear exponential. So I made ten fake Facebook accounts. Which if fake Facebook hadn't been shutting them down because they probably thought they were bot Russian bots spreading Jill Stein propaganda, then I would have been able to make to have made one thousand twenty four <laughs> group messages. Obviously, I didn't get. I was probably probably about an order of magnitude less than that. But I still got a lot of trophies. I got a lot of dragons, and I set a pretty high score. Without bothering, not, the, not not in the world, but like without bothering any of. Them. I thought without, we were, without, I thought we were sweeping everything under the rug. We're still talking about everything. <laughs> well, no, that, see, that because one part of everything. The, the one part of everything. <laughs> he wanted that, to clear his name. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I I'm not I'm not embarrassed about a lot of everything stuff. Um, Ian, what do you mean? <laughs> it's yeah. It's all right. It's I'm fine. not embarrassed about playing everything. I did very well in that game. Ian, there's no way there's no way to do well in that game though. Um, I think he found a way. I think he figured out how to way better than everyone here. So there we go. Yeah, better better than Shuming, right? Yeah, The only way to get better in this game is just to play more. Yeah, because there's there's no there's no skill behind it because you don't you can't run forever. Eventually, you do lose because your weapons aren't strong enough against the whatever. The, the, the monsters and the bosses. The bosses. So the only way to get further in the game is to play more and get more coins, which or whatever currency they have, to unlock new fairies to help new, new fairies and new dragons. And dragons. You, you have one fairy, and then you can get one dragon on each on each side. So we all we all played this game for like a week, and the second we realized that there's the only way to be good at the game is just to play forever. 
indefinitely. That's how this Facebook game gets you. We all quit, but then Ian kept going. <laughs> there was, yeah, the, the progression of the game was very linear. Like, you could just keep on getting better and get higher scores. Like, the more you played, the higher, the yeah. easier it would be to get a high score. So, having the highest score is just truly dependent on how much time you put into the game. <laughs> Hard work and dedication. Was there any, any cap on, like, I don't think like, there was. It just kept on growing. Well, like, it, they would they would come up with new fairies and new dragons, uh, which and they would at first it, it was like common, rare, and legendary, and then they added like mythic dragons. Uh, I remember ferocious that was shaped like a sphinx. I, for, I forget what his specific powers were because it's it's been a long time. I quit I, qu- I quit that cold turkey. Um, <laughs> Ian, what about, that's not really a term you hear very often with phone games. What about the the other game that was very much the equivalent because you just got better. The longer you played, it was the, the fish game. Big <laughs> fish. Big fish. That, that involved no skill. It was just like putting fish on a track and combining them once you got points. Yeah, and how Shuming so got you. He got me. He got me good. <laughs> <laughs> because so so wait, what so happened? There? It was what about did spent, do? it was about um you could wait let me let me explain how the fish game works. Fish game is a big face, fish. Facebook messenger game. Big fish. Yeah. Big fish. And all so what you do is that you. I don't know if, I, I never, if you, you probably, most listeners have played, like, a, a clicker game, where you, like, click the game, like, you click something, cookie and you clicker. get cookie clicker. That was a classic one. So, it's pretty much just like that, but with, like, fish, and so, like, you kind of, like, collect fish, and then put them in your pond, and then they generate uh, money, and then you can kind of combine like fish to make, like, another next level fish, mm-hmm. and then the more higher level fish you have, the more money you generate per uh, second or something like that. Yeah. And so, like... It's purely t- like the more the longer you play the game, the more fish you have, the better fish you have, and so you can just get a higher higher score. So it kind of turned into a competition between like a bunch of people to get the most fish, and I think uh, uh, I think Ian was in the lead, but then Shooting found like a hack, and then hacked the <laughs> hacked the game so that. And I, I remember what the score. hack was. He set the time on his phone way ahead and accrued so many coins that he was able to beat he was able to beat me. Yeah. And for a little bit, you were full. I yeah. <laughs> you were full. You're like how how could he, how could Shuming have this many coins? Yeah. How could he? Have and this because many at that fish? at that point, Facebook had shut down seven out of my ten <laughs> Facebook <laughs> accounts. So I would log into those accounts and like challenge myself to get more coins for Big Fish. An unbeatable strategy. Well, no, it, it was yeah, beatable. It was beatable by setting the clock on your phone ahead. So ex- exponential uh, possibilities. This <laughs> accounts. Yeah. So there, there we go. So you've got there's got to be more depth to the beef with Shuming than just phone <laughs> games. There's it goes it, it stems farther than that. Okay. So let let me clear up another thing with regards to the security deposit. Oh. Okay. Here oh, we go. I, this is the moment we've all been waiting should I, for. Should I describe the security deposit? Was this go, mentioned in like two episodes ago? We've had several mentions of okay. the security deposit. Otherwise, we're gonna, gonna get, uh, we're gonna get possibly an incomprehensible. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. I can, I can, I can sense that Ian's about to get very emotional. Yeah, so okay, yeah, so we should me, give some, we should right. give some. Uh, some let me give explanation. And uh, Ian, don't don't interrupt me because you're gonna disagree with the things I'm about to say. Probably. Right. We'll give Shuming's point of view. Shuming, okay. it's, I'll give Shuming's point of view. What what uh, what transpired? He's a proxy for Shuming. Yeah, I I am Shuming's uh, representative for now, for about for one like instant. Shuming is Iran and Josh is the Houthis. There you go. I don't yeah, know about that. You, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Uh, that was right. supposed to be a roast. Let's so there's a. Uh, oh god. All right, got me. <laughs> there's. So like, back in the day, uh, 2017, 
All right, four guys moved into the house that we record this podcast today, uh, now known as Cantina. Liam, Tim, uh, Ian, and uh, Stephen. And so Stephen had to leave the house. And so anyway, before that, they all four split the deposit among four people so that they could move into the house. Stephen had to leave the house but didn't take the deposit with him. So now there's four people's worth of deposit and there's three people left in the house. The next year, Andrew Singh moves in. Andrew Singh doesn't pay deposit. He kind of just inherits Stephen's deposit. So now there's like four people with three, uh, or four man's deposit with four people, but one of them didn't pay him. So now it's our senior year. Ian is moving out. Xu Ming is moving in because Tim and Liam are staying here for a master's and so is Xu Ming. And so Xu Ming, um, his house is kind of changing hands. So he's just going to move in here because there's open space. And so Xu Ming is like, okay, Ian, I'm going to take your room. So I'm going to pay you for your deposit so we just can keep the deposit inside the system of just, I don't know, like, don't have to get the landlord to give you the deposit back or anything like that. And so Ian's like, sure, all right, uh, pay me one third of the deposit amount. And so Shuming pays him one third. And so Tim and I are walking to Chipotle with him and we're talking, Shuming's, I don't know how it was brought up, but Shuming is like, I like paid Ian like one third for this deposit. Seems like it's kind of confusing because there's four of you in that house. So why am I paying one third? Because he's, because it's, because maybe, because Ian said that it was like the three remaining house members of the people, of the original four that paid the deposit. And we're like, no, but Ian only paid one fourth. So assuming, why are you paying a third? Because you're paying strictly like a hundred or something dollars more. And Shuming is like, wait a second. And then so he calls Ian like five times, like telling me like, like give me back my money, you you guy. Like you you have too much, <laughs> too much. And Ian is like, no, like I, that money is mine. And then back and forth, Ian eventually paid Shuming back for it because uh, I, yeah, I, I still can't understand why you thought that money was yours, but you, know, you can explain your side right, of the story. Right. So what, what I thought the original plan would be is that me, Liam, and Tim would get a third of the security deposit back. And if we were not to get the full amount back from the landlords, we would split whatever we got a third of the way because we're the ones who remain and who have paid into it. So when... Shuming offered to pay the security deposit, I figured that I would request a third of it. Um, and he claimed that I told him I paid a third of it, which I would never have made that claim because it's not true. And keep in mind that I, I told him I'm not requesting any money yet. I, I will be totally fine with waiting until you get whatever amount of security deposit back and then paying me a third of that. So I, I offered to not have him, have him pay me anything until potentially like months down the road. And um, so then he, he called me and, I, and he's, like, he's like, you told me you paid a third of the security deposit. I said, no, no, I didn't. I paid, I paid a fourth, but if we're going to uh, let the people who are still here who paid into it get their money back, it's equitable that they should get a third. So, but, so then, but then he said, no, we're not gonna get the full amount back. And that's, that's, that's when I said, that's why I told you I don't. I didn't even ask for any money until we, until you were to get the security deposit back from the landlord. And th and then he so he requests me for a twelfth of the security deposit, and at that point I had a twelfth of it. Yeah, what a twelfth is, is a fourth minus a third minus a fourth. Yeah, I was like, what is going so on? So after <laughs> after he transferred me a third of the security deposit, I did not spend well. Actually, no. I come into this story. And me and Liam got dragged into this. I remember I was I was rudely awoken uh, one morning, uh, very early, hearing Ian asking Liam to pay his debts, the gas bill, right. uh, on Venmo, because Ian, 
because Ian needed the money to be able to pay Xu Ming the excess money that he owed him, even though Xu Ming had just paid Ian several days earlier. Several hundred dollars. <laughs> so and Ian only had to pay back a hundred something. A hundred something. <laughs> he got he got a third of sixteen hundred twenty five dollars, and he had to pay back a twelfth of it. So where did that where money did the go? money go over these like four days? Oh, do we have an answer here? So <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. it was plain two podcasts ago that I spent all that money, and I have to say, Shuming might be right because apparently when I went to Israel over the summer, it wasn't to do research, it wasn't to meet with Israelis and Palestinians, it was to secretly talk to the Prime Minister Netanyahu about how he finessed one hundred ninety five thousand USD worth of worth of uh, bribes from a company, and at least try to get away with it. You know, does this come back to you? Yeah, what so, in the world so, is going I, on? I, I, I went to Israel to get advice on how to con money away from Shuming. That was my plan this whole time. So I came back, and I conned the money, and I spent it all on champagne and cigars. And that is why I didn't have money to pay Shuming. Congratulations, Shuming. You've solved two very important mysteries in, in your podcast. You got me. It's Sleuth Ming. <laughs> but Ian, is that right? So champagne. What does Netanyahu no. have to do with any of this? Okay, so uh, Netanyahu. Okay, so real, real talk. Uh, Netanyahu has been indicted on corruption because a company gave him cigars and champagne as bribes to get like tax breaks. But Ian, visa wh- where did your money go? So, <laughs> all right. So let, let, let's th- let's, the let's think about this. How do you get money into Venmo? You transfer it from your bank account. Oh, so you just transferred it to your How can you... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liam's saying it right but now. Did you transfer it back? Yes, I transferred it back. At, well, okay, I could, but I, so but I figured... Why, why were you demanding from... <laughs> Liam, Liam needs to pay. Be, because they owed me well, money for the utilities. Pay. Yeah, but how did that relate to Shu Ming? Because you already had the money to pay Shu Ming. No, I didn't because I transferred it into my bank account. Yeah, but... So it was just tra- that you didn't... You didn't want to transfer it back? Had, or you, or you wanted us Not to pay them faster. Transit? Yes. It, okay. So it was a win-win. I got them. To, I got them to pay their bills faster, and I didn't have to uh, transfer the money out of my bank account again. Wow. It's all. It, it's all coming together. It's, it's so. It, see, it's so totally logical. You transfer money from your bank account to Venmo, but for some reason you can't transfer money out of Venmo into your bank account. The only explanation is that you spend five hundred dollars. As soon as you get it, that that's I, the only possible explanation. I can, I can transfer straight from my bank account though. I mean, I, I could, but like, I just wanted them to pay their bills, so. So you used it. Hey, hey, okay, okay. And, I and pay the, my bills very on time. T- t- Tim, yeah, Tim does, and right. I think I, I th- I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you had already paid. I had already paid. Yes. Okay. So you had already paid. So I was, I was, I would ask Liam, Sometimes and I probably just, answer I see their request, and I'm doing something, and then I just forget about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he. It's, it's okay. So then, uh, they, everyone, everyone paid their bills, and I paid Shuming, and uh, that's that's what happened. So I think, like, okay, we, we, we understand your reasoning for not wanting to pay him back immediately. The, the question is still, do you or do you not owe him the money? <laughs> well, it, 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 so it depends on how much of the security deposit we're going to get back. Because she, right. we, we, we signed an agreement that the landlord would transfer the money, the security deposit to Shuming. So if we get all of the security deposit back, then maybe I can get that twelfth of the security deposit back. If we get only half of it back, then maybe I'll pay Xu Ming some of 
like some some of the difference there. The, so I'm still I'm still willing to pay Shuming money depending on how much of the security deposit they get we get he gets back. The okay that's like that can't be the argument though. That we don't know how much we're gonna get back. We're not gonna figure that out until we're long gone. And that's why my position this whole time has been don't pay me until anyone gets any money back. So why don't you just? But with, it's indefinite. Like it could just never happen. There if could be we, people living in this yeah. house until we die if we like, turn it over to people we know then they're like the we are which deposit. we are doing I just yeah, so like, we're gonna transfer that back like to them the security deposit it's not gonna go through the company okay see and I was unaware at the time that we would keep transferring it the house to people we know if I had known about that I could have worked up an agreement that would involve Shuming paying potentially even less than a fourth of the security deposit because I would have been fine with him maybe paying as paying me a sixth of it well wow. that just seems absurd <laughs> it, it should just we, I want order in this system <laughs> every person pays a fourth of the security, the security deposit and when they leave they get that money back that okay. just makes sense All I don't right, understand fine. why any other solution would work okay I, I, I support I support that and I wish that had been made clear back when all this was going down I just don't understand why do you think that you get the extra money that extra 12th why would that go to you <laughs> What have you done to deserve that money? <laughs> this this was under the presumption that we were going to get the full security deposit back. We, us, we might get three. the full security deposit back. So All the three that, of us. So yes. that, but in that case, it would go three ways. So we would each get it. Well, the, so the the land the landlord would give the if the landlord would give the full security deposit to Shuming, and because Shuming didn't pay into it, and we paid into it, and we paid into it, he would get a third essentially. Well, we us three would get a third. At this point, we're, we're in okay. too deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that was my original plan, but that was based on faulty assumptions about who would who would have been living there. So, if I had known this, then we would have figured something else. And I'm fine with whatever plan we're working with now. All right. All you right. see, I'm the reasonable one here. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Except we'll have we'll have on next for Shuming. rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> on the booty, the booty warriors. Yeah. So so your your only misunderstanding was you thought that the there would not be a fourth person when we leave. Because the way that it should work is that when the lease is up, when we leave the lease, there's four people in the house, and those four people each get a fourth of the security deposit. Sure, that's fine. Wow. So essentially, the person, the last people to have the apartment are going to have the most risk because they're the ones that are going to be most likely getting not the full security deposit back from the company. Yes. People, intermediate people like us who are passing the lease on, mm -hmm. will get our one fourth back. Okay. So that's fine. All so right, that sure. encourages people to keep on passing the lease on over and over again yes. so that they don't lose the security deposit. Okay, that's, that's fine. That, that's a good idea. I'm glad we could resolve this on podcast. Yes. There we go. How long did that take? I don't know. Way too, way too <laughs> long. I'm sure, like, Graham, if he's still listening, is just falling asleep. <laughs> one third, one twelfth, one fourth. Way, way more important stuff to talk about here. All right. Yes. All right. What's the next order of yeah. business? What do you, what do you gotta do? What's, what's the next item on the docket? What's on your chest besides uh, make hummus, not walls? Uh, make hummus, not walls? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hum hummus is the stuff you buy in plastic containers in America. <laughs> hummus is the good stuff you buy in the Middle East. What is this sound so making? We can, <sighs> we, can, we can talk is that, about... Is that a, a, a glottal a, fricative? A Hebrew sound? I don't know. We can talk about this, Ian. So, Ian, you spent the, the last summer in Israel and summer before that in Switzerland. So, like, how has going international uh, enlarged your world? Like, how do you feel now that coronavirus has taken over this whole world? 
I mean, two things at once. Double question. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start yeah. with the. I'll start with the first part. I feel like I have. I, I have more to contribute there. Um, I mean, so the, the first summer, the summer after sophomore year, I was doing experimental particle physics research at Ecole Polytechnique Federale de Lausanne. So it's in the city of Lausanne in the French part of Switzerland. And what, what I was doing there was I was working with the group to uh, calibrate and construct a detector for the search for hidden particles charm experiment. The goal of that experiment was to measure the cross-section of the charm-anti-charm -charm pairs that can um, better uh, better calibrate like uh, potential beyond the standard model. Shout uh, out beyond the standard model particles, otherwise known as hidden sectors. Um, so we built the detector, calibrated it, and took it to CERN, the CERN Prevacent site, and um, we got data that was it wasn't like the best data because there was some some like beam malfunction. So they're going to take it to DESY, another accelerator in Germany, in future years. What does that stand for? I don't know. Take a guess. I if I were to guess, I would guess the S would might stand for synchrotron. The D might stand for Deutschland because it's in Germany. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, in order. Um. And that, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, li like, living in Switzerland was great, except for the cost of living, because it's kind of expensive over there, and the stipend isn't too much. Um, but it was nice. I lived in, like, in the city of Lausanne, in a majority African and Middle Eastern immigrant community. Um, so that that was that was really nice. Um, it's like getting to meet the people there, getting to meet, like, travelers from all over the world and at the church I went to. Um and there were, the people in my lab were mostly Swiss and Italian, but also a lot of other Europeans. I was the only American, and there was one woman from Brazil. So they were really nice. You got the nice long lunches, uh, the nice, like, uh, you, I mean, like, we, we worked hard to get the stuff done when we needed to, but they all, the, they have a really good work-life balance over there. Interesting. Ian, can, do you want to tell a story with you in an elevator? Oh no! <laughs> All right, so oh, I'm not aware of this. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's, 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 in, it's, it's in, no. It's in oh, Switzerland. Oh, it was in Switzerland. Oh, okay. okay, I remember. Was it in Switzerland? It was in Switzerland. Yeah, and I got live updates of it over Snapchat. Oh my god! Yes. Gosh. So, I said before that stuff's expensive in Switzerland, and if there's a chance to get free alcohol, I I took it. So my lab had a barbecue. Reasonable. Um, on the the first day of summer. Um, and the way the Swiss barbecues work is that they, there's just a big grill. Everyone gets their own thing of meat or veggies, and they just like hold it over the grill and cook it. And then people just get a bunch of drinks. So I kind of went a little overboard on the drinks, and people were just handing me stuff. And I was teaching them the American term double fisting, <laughs> um, which only in America. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, spreading that American culture. Um, You're actually not allowed the, to hold two drinks. The, uh, the U.S. embassy should just hire you for yes international relations. So, and no one, no one was trying to cut me off or anything. So then, at one point, well, actually, hold on. Uh, let, let's go back. But I was, I was laying on the ground singing Eric Church at some point and I was Wait. at this point I was way I was how, how pretty so plastered laying on the ground like in the middle of things or like laying on like a picnic 
blanket or something like that. Uh, like on the ground in the middle of things. <laughs> like, like there was, you shouldn't have been laying on, it was out no, of it's like, laying on the ground? Or? Yeah, like people were just sitting around, people were sitting around like talking, drinking, having a good time. Like, on, like, on, like, on, like on they, chairs or? Yeah, yeah, like on chairs and I was kind of like on the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what type of ground was this? Was it grass? Concrete. Did they run out of chairs? You were laying on concrete? I, that's definitely a sign that you were not supposed to be laying down at Probably. whatever event this Probably. was. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear this part. I only got like, hey, I'm going home and I drank a lot at this uh, Swiss barbecue. All right, well, well let's, hear it. Yeah. Let's, let's hear it from the man himself. So, yeah, I introduced them to Double Fisting. I introduced them to Eric Church. And um, and, and then I, as we're about to go home, for some reason, people go back into the building and I'm like just following what, what people are doing at this point. I have no capacity to think for myself. Sheep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a sheep. And so they get, and then nine of us get into an elevator that's built for six people. And because we exceeded the weight capacity, it wasn't going anywhere, but the doors were closed. So we were stuck there for about 20 or 30 minutes. I don't know. There's, there's so a little bit of relativistic time dilation when you're under the influence. The elevator is also like, because it's only for six people, it's probably very crowded. It was very, very crowded. Was but, it, was it for six people or was there a weight spe- specification? Um, it's usually a... Well, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I, the, the choice of running or not running is probably the weight specification, but they, they say like maximum six people. Mm. Um, and so at that point, one time I was like, guys, I don't feel so good. Uh-oh. And then one of, one of my uh, colleagues just like grabs my head and aims it to the shaft because the inner doors were open, but the outer doors were closed. And then I just let it fly down the shaft. Oh, okay. So you didn't throw up. In the elevator, yeah, you threw up out of it somehow. Like yeah, like d- down d- down the shaft. There's a little opening that I did not. Most of it did not get in the elevator. Most of it went down the shaft. Those those openings are not very wide. <laughs> I can't imagine much of it went down. Maybe they're wider in Switzerland. I mean, I think most of it did go down, according to. Well, I I don't, I don't know. Maybe it didn't, but <laughs> he doesn't remember. <laughs> He's not I remember. As it should be. Yeah. And. So that was my first real impression on my lab. The professors uh, in the in the postdocs and PhD students were all ma- all made fun of me for it, and like no, no one was mad at me for it. They just made fun of me, and the yes, that that was the elevator incident. <laughs> was the elevator the elevator wasn't moving? The elevator was just stationary. No, and they had to get like a maintenance guy over there in like half an hour. Like, like it was like a decent amount of time after I puked before he could let us out. I was gonna say oh, if the trash. elevator if the elevator was moving, the the physics people might have been pretty entertained by your demonstration of relativity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if you had just started accelerating or something. If you were guys yeah. who were going down, and then the 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 fall would have literally like floated a bit. <laughs> All the physics free fall. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're finally in an inertial reference frame. We can study fluid motion. That's true. Nice. So, I guess we got to talk about physics. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned a little bit about what you did, but yeah. let's let's talk about I guess more your aspirations. So that was experimental research. I've done oh, a decent done amount of experimental research, and then in Israel, I was I was doing theoretical research. My junior year, I decided I wanted to try out uh, high energy theory. High energy refers to particle physics because the colliders go to really high energies to collide uh, subatomic particles together, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to try out the more theoretical side of things, and I end up getting the scholarship from an organization at CMU. Shout out to the Buncher Foundation. Congrats. 
the, um, we have to promote them in some way, mostly presenting at Meeting of the Minds, which isn't going to be happening anymore. But right, I'm going above and above and beyond to thank the Buncher Foundation here. Don't so, worry. Yeah, they we'll will hear. They will yeah. hear. Everyone's going to be our so fans. Yeah. Yes, our 20 listeners, maybe. Um, I think. Yes, and so the head of the physics department, shout out to Scott Olson, connected me with a professor at the Wiseman Institute who isn't a pure theorist. He's a phenomenologist. So theory is a lot of math. Um, and phenomenology, it's less math. There's like model building, there's predicting how we could uh, design experiments and how we could test for certain particles that theorists have been predicted, but it's not like actually like implementing the experiment. So it's more my suit because I'm not that good at math. Um, and so what I was doing there was, there's this, so there's this ultralight scalar boson called the axion that's been proposed as a model of dark matter. And when I, when I say ultralight, I mean ultralight, like 10 to the minus 15 EV electron volts which is about 10 to the minus 21 times the size of an electron. Um, that's pretty small. That's that, yes. Yeah, sounds like it. And so I was predicting how we could test them using neutrino oscillation experiments, assuming that they would couple to neutrinos asymmetrically in a similar way that visible matter does, which I don't think, I see no reason a priori to think that a dark model, dark matter particle would interact with neutrinos the same way visible matter would, especially asymmetrically. Did but, you watch, okay. Did you watch Star Wars Episode Seven? No, no, I haven't <laughs> seen Star Wars. Dang it! I saw the episode. I saw the third episode once, and I probably fell asleep during it. Interesting. Yeah. So we're a big Star Wars podcast. So there's a thing called a Star Killer base, and it stores the sun's energy, or it it absorbs the sun, and stores it in an oscillator, mm. and then uses that energy to blast multiple planets to pieces. Uh, like how a, do you, how do you think your work has contributed to that? Um, to that cause? My fresh, my f summer after my freshman year, I was an I was analyzing uh, data that was taken at Jefferson Labs, and one of the things there is a Fabry Perot cavity, which stores green light, um, and it just goes back and forth, and they have the separation between the mirrors really fine tuned to be like an integer number of wavelengths or something. So it could you can you you can you can store photons, you can store monochromatic photons that way. So maybe that has something to do with it. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So that's a that's a lot of technical uh, technical talk. Mm -hmm. um, how about we like wh what's the big picture that you're really looking for? So the big picture is I'm trying to figure out what the hell dark matter is because there models of dark so matter. So yeah, let's let's explain what dark matter is in very simple terms. So dark matter is about 27 percent of the universe. Five percent is visible matter. 27 percent is dark matter, and the other uh, energy. Uh, yeah, 68 percent is dark energy. God. Um, and so dark matter it, we know that dark matter exists because galaxies rotate faster than they would if Gravity. all the matter was visible yeah so it interacts gravitationally but not through the strong force the weak force the electromagnetic force or like any other way we can test it only the gravitational force well yes. i've heard there, there's so there's like an anti-gravitational force right though well you mean the dark energy that's causing the expansion of the universe yeah yeah so that the so that um it's an intrinsic property of space-time because the universe keeps accelerating and if mm -hmm. it was like a constant amount of energy then the density would decrease and then the universe would accelerate slower so but, when's, the, when's the heat death of the universe hmm. when is that when should we expect that 2025 uh, we got a little longer let's not get let, let's not get too hysterical maybe like 2028 i don't know all right okay i think the virus will live, get us first i can live yeah. large until then <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to figure out what dark matter is. 
there we we don't know and it's a really important mystery that we're trying to figure out so true what's, what's your best lead though i think the axion could be very promising i doubt it'll pan out the way that my like like the how i was told to predict it would i don't I, think anyone here knows what the axion is yeah the so it's the a very very light um uh particle that could also explain the um the light isn't the, like the, the low electron yeah. volts or what you yeah. mentioned before yeah okay we'll see does that yeah. relate to its mass Just yeah so well technically electron volts per c squared but my 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 people work in natural units where h bar equals c equals boltzmann constant equals one okay so we just say c is very large though but e is very small but it's one <laughs> um right. fine, fine, fine. yep i mean K, kb is pretty small and h bar h bar is really small but yeah they're just all equal to one and then because the dimensions are independent you can just insert you'll have like one linear combination of h bar c and kb for each quantity you want, so you can just insert them back in whenever you want. To we keep back on human units. We keep on getting into numbers and constants. Yeah. Sorry. One what? third, one fourth, one twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> like, he he is the numbers guy. What? No, no, see, I shouldn't even be dealing with numbers. I should just be dealing with like Greek letters. That's true. The more Greek letters, more because I'm, I'm more on the theoretical side anyway. So. Yeah, he's theory guy. So like, you you've been applying to PhD programs too, and so like from then. You, you're like interested in a very specific field mm -hmm. so that like kind of like uh, narrows down the schools that you're you've been applying to yeah but like i don't know like have you heard from all the schools that you've applied to or are you still waiting on a few i'll accept epfl which is going to get back to me like after the deadline for u.s schools to respond is but i'm probably not going to go there anyway i've right now i've heard back from 11 7 negative 4 positive um my options are ohio state Pitt, illinois and the wiseman institute that's that's where i was in israel would you want to go back to Israel? That'd be pretty cool. It would be cool, but then Good that's way. only for masters. Most non-U.S. places, uh, there you just apply for two-year masters, and then I'd have to reapply to PhD programs. So I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. So it, uh, I think I know. I mean, I know that U Illinois is a pretty good CS program. Maybe they're pretty good at physics too. The, I actually got into physics for undergrad at U Illinois, but <laughs> oh, nice. it didn't go. Yeah. Could have. Could have been. Mm -hmm. Probably not. No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if people are tired of hearing about technical yeah. stuff, I can talk about some other interesting stuff that's happening in israel and palestine and yeah, wait, tell, about that. tell the one story about where you and you were in turkey and you got taken to the hookah bar oh uh, oh uh, no the one no, where no. You got, the one where you got scammed okay so uh at the, at the end of my israel trip i went to istanbul um in a large part because a lot of stuff was happening down there it was a level three travel advisory which is like everyone's telling me not to go and that just made me want to go even more that's true ian wants to like go visit like iran and stuff like that yeah Conf conflict tourism um so i went there my first night there I, I see this guy on the street he's like hey where are you headed i'm just like i'm going back to my airbnb he said no 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 come, come here we'll, we'll show you the nightlife so i he takes yeah, me into a five-star nightclub I don't. I didn't know it was five stars, and he's like inviting girls over to our table and buying everyone ridiculously overpriced drinks, and then like keep like getting me to stay longer and longer and like talk to everyone and keep buying drinks. And by the way, FYI, if if any of you listeners are trying to scam people, serve real whiskey, not watered down garbage. Um, got him. Yeah, yeah, we got a whiskey. Got him, got him a whiskey right connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah, he continued. Crown 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 Roos or Crown Royale. Crown, 
Crown Roos is vodka. Crown Roos is vodka. Crown, What's Crown, Crown Royal is Crown a Royale. Canadian whiskey. On, on Carnegie Natural, no, it's, it's Crown, Crown Royale. Royale. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, Fireball. and I ended up getting scammed out of, out of like $400 or so that night. Wait, where, where'd the money go? Uh, I had to go to an ATM and withdraw 400 USD equivalent in Turkish liras. And then pay it. So, like, what happened? Would they have just. When you saw the. Like, when did they let you know that you were the one paying for it all? Well, no. He told me that that we were going to split the bill, so that made me less worried because I was dumb at the time. Um, because I thought, like, okay, he's on the hook for it, too. So, but it, tur- it, it turns out he was probably working for the club. So, like... And was and was told to say that. I still understand so how what, he got well, scammed. He, I didn't realize how expensive everything was and, like, how many drinks he was buying. And I didn't know there was, like, a, fi- like a five-star nightclub and everything. So they're just like, yeah, you're the one paying for all of it, and the guy like disappeared or something. No, no, no. He sh- he gave me the bill, and the total bill was like eight hundred USD. So and then then he's like, okay, uh, we split it halfway. So you owe four hundred USD. So that seems did, pretty. Uh, that seems but, pretty but then, reasonable. But then he. But then. But then. Well, but no. 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 Well, I mean, but, considering the situation, splitting it halfway seems reasonable. Yeah. Yes. But the thing is, he worked. He probably worked for the nightclub, and he wasn't paying anything. He was getting paid to lure me in oh, so and get them paying, to do that. He's paying so like he's half. 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 How, how, how did you? How did you meet this guy? I was walking back to my Airbnb, and he's probably. Looking uh, out, for looking Americans. out for for tourists. Guys yeah. wearing make hummus, not walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's an American right there. So you, in a foreign country that is uh, a level three advisory, you are walking in the streets and a random guy tells you to come to a nightclub with him, and you're surprised that you got scammed. In hindsight, no. No, I'm I'm not surprised at all. It was really dumb. Ian's wiser. His his beard hairs were not as long. <laughs> they were not. But at least he didn't lose any dignity. He didn't no. lose, he didn't bend any dignity. That's Ian never. And honestly, like my parents weren't even mad at me. They're like, "Are you safe?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just got screwed yeah. over financially." And they're like, "Okay, as long as you didn't get like." That would be that would be my number one concern I, as a parent. Like, yeah. if my son was in a foreign country and he's like, "I got like." scammed by this stranger and then it's like just money so I, yeah I'd be okay with the money too I'd be, that's yeah. I'd be kind of not that big <laughs> of a deal like compared to the, yeah. the possibilities that I can imagine but yeah so you've been to Switzerland you've been to Israel what's the next step you um, just gotta pick a grad school I mean yeah I gotta pick a grad school my girlfriend and I shout out to Hannah are going to Cuba <laughs> if all travel doesn't get shut down in August um, Cuba yeah um, I, w- Conflict tourism. Yeah. yeah, I just like I just like going where like particularly places the U.S. doesn't like. Um, like uh, I don't know. Like um, so, when's North Korea? <laughs> it's coming. Up. I don't know. It's coming up soon. So, <laughs> don't soon, try no. stealing any posters. Anymore. Oh no! So, yeah. Hold you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, my advice to all of you who are listening is like go out, see like travel travel the world, see different countries, see countries that aren't white majority. Go go see Palestine. Talk to Palestine Palestinians. Talk to Israelis. And like, it's, so don't go to places like that are white majority. I said like Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, if you, you yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> got him. You got, you got me. So you're encouraging travel to uh, countries that are listed as dangerous. Right now. Well, well, I'm talking about like the, not right not, now. Not, not right the, now. The not, current I mean, the current situation is yeah, a bit of a that's an exception. A um, confounding variable in his philosophy. I would recommend visiting countries that are at a level three travel advisory, level three out of four. 
So specifically, if you want to so visit a level four, like it's it, outside of coronavirus and outside the recent like killing of Soleimani and on retaliations and all that, it was pretty safe to go to Iran. You just like can't be like in a dual a dual citizen or or you, you heard, just like go and sponsor tours. I heard uh, Iran's digging mass graves. Probably it's, uh, coronavirus people, but I'm not sure if that's true. Iran, Iran is really. They're, uh, I, they're saw, I, saw, I saw a meme about it, so like I don't know how trustworthy. <clears throat> so so is. what I've heard is that so the gas prices are uh, like a very uh, like relative low compared to what they've been. Yeah, it's because uh, Russia was like, we are not going to agree to some like I don't know like a uh, production cutting deal. Well, and so gas prices go down because production's up. But a big thing is also Iran is trying to they're losing a ton of money because their productive their industrial productivity is way down because they're getting like clobbered by the virus. I think so, so. Yeah. They're trying to just dump out all of their oil. They're selling it like all, all of it. They're trying there's like a huge supply right now. Like more than the demand. So the price is just going way down yeah. because Iran is just dumping US, it. US natural gas. <laughs> so like there's a lot of fuel going on right now. We might we have we have too much. It's really cheap and the economy is dying. So Ian, what's your opinion on fuel and fossil fuels? I mean with what we have now, if if the process of fracking can be done safely, which some companies are doing fracking. safely, some it's very specific. some aren't. I mean, I mean, the, well, I mentioned fracking because burning burning natural gas is the cleanest way. It's it's cleaner than it's way cleaner than coal. It's cleaner. It's, it's cleaner than oil. It produces less uh, carbon emissions and other uh, pollutants than those two. But then the issue is just like water contamination. So we just have to watch out for that. And ideally, we would. I'm I'm generally pretty supportive of nuclear power. Um, assume like it does take a lot. It does cost a lot of energy to mine the uranium and process it with like all the centrifugation. Um, but it, it, it overall it does produce a, a lot of energy. So I, I, I do I do support it. So you know, um, why are, why aren't you dedicating your life to researching nuclear fusion? Um, because that's too practical and I want to live in fantasy theory land. Is that a real answer or are you just trying to piss us off? <laughs> <laughs> us three <laughs> engineers. Hey, I mean, yeah. if someone discovers dark matter, maybe they could use it for energy one day. I don't know. That's what I write on all of my or books. Or if, so, if they use dark energy. Yeah, yeah, harness that, sure. So I guess what what I was trying to get at before when I was asking you about your like aspirations with physics. Sorry. <laughs> like what if if you were to discover dark matter, if you could hold it in your hand, what would the world be like? That's for the applied physicists and engineers to figure out. And th- that that's not a sarcastic answer. That that's true. Like my, my job yeah. is to discover what it is and then you you two and the applied physicists, I'm pointing to Tim and Liam, the Mechies. They, yeah, they, they, they figure out how we use it for practical purposes. Josh will be responsible for spreading memes about the, the yes, topic. I, I, read the, I read the internet. He'll make the first ever Dark Matter meme sure. when it when Dark Matter comes out. The first ever my, Dark uh, Matter meme. <laughs> I was almost a spit take. Spit take, oh my god. Don't do one. Oh. But you, you, there's no, like, like you don't... I, I mean, dark matter is obviously important. We're focusing on it. Like, mm-hmm. why are we focusing on that as opposed to something else? Like, what will that help... What In what way will that help the world? Yeah, what do you write on your research grants to, like, make them well, think? Well, I, I, I mean, I say that it could potentially be harvested for energy, and there are a lot of positive externalities from physics research that might not have immediate applications. And what I, what I say a lot of times is that when Einstein figured out the theory of relativity, it took a long it took a long time to get applications from that. Like it was about fifty years between general relativity 
and the development of the GPS, for example. So it, it, even if I discover dark matter tomorrow, it's not. We we might not appreciate the benefits in our lifetimes, but it might have it might have some benefits later on. And then doing the research, like the technology from colliders and like other detection experiments, has a lot of benefits to humanity in the short term. So I have, I have a question, not about dark matter matter, but about uh, antimatter. Okay. So like why. Why is it that there's more regular matter than antimatter? Because technically there should be the same amount, but why is there so much less antimatter naturally? Um, I don't know. I, I, so yeah, I don't wait, know. what is the difference between antimatter and dark matter? So like, you know, there's, there's protons, there's uh-huh. electrons, and uh-huh. then so there's the same thing, but the opposite. So a proton is positive charge, and then there's like, I don't it, know, like it's the, an, the antiproton. anti-proton. And a positron and is a positron. And so when they come together, they have this thing called annihilation. Like physicists come up with really cool names for different things. So like yeah. annihilation is like when they come together and then they release like a significant amount of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the form of gamma rays. In the form of gamma rays. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that when the universe was created, there would be an identical amount of of like positive and negative. Of not positive and negative, but like matter and antimatter. Like Is it not like it, positive and negative? If no, because protons are positive and antiprotons are negative. But then electrons are negative, but positrons are, are positive. So any matter for every positive particle, there's an antimatter ne- positive negative positive particle. So the, the antimatter like, cancels out itself. The, antimatter cancels. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like charge cancels and antimatter matter cancels. Yeah. Yeah. Matter. yeah. Me as a computer scientist talking about physics. <laughs> uh, so you would think that when the universe was created, there would be spawned an equivalent amount of matter and antimatter. But this isn't the case. There's clearly more matter in this universe, or as far as we can observe. Because we can create, we can see antimatter, but like we just don't, I don't see as much of it. What what is? I still don't know what antimatter. So antimatter is predicted by the standard yeah, model in order to conserve both um, mass and charge, um, and also when you combine quantum mechanics with uh, relativity, that form that forms the basic quantum field theory. There's a small probability for a particle to actually move faster than move faster than the speed of light, and. So it would, that's considered like hold on. <laughs> in a space-time diagram, would be like going back in time. So when a, so instead of like a, a negative electron going forward, it would be like a positron. It would, it would look like a po- it would look like a po- it would look like a positron. Oh, so the 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 development of this idea of antimatter is to prevent those particles from moving faster than light. Is that like because that's impossible under the like system? Well, but well, but quantum mechanics so said it, it said it is very very. It's a, there's a very very small chance. Of that, but the antimatter is necessary in order to conserve charge in in um, in particle interactions. Yeah, we we've, we've but, observed it, right? Yeah, between yeah. positrons and electrons coming together and annihilating each other. Yeah, annihilating spaghettification mm-hmm. are my two favorite physics words. Mm-hmm. Spaghettification. That's with the black hole. When you right? go to a black hole, yeah. your body gets because it's it's one single yeah. point, right? Yeah, it's the singularity. Fun fact: if you become you become, your whole hole, body becomes an atom. If you fall into a black hole, you will always be able to see your feet until you die by spaghettification. Wouldn't you? We proved this in general relativity. I feel like time would just your time, no, your sense you, of time would be so ridiculous that you just you wouldn't even you know, sense time. Your your time would be okay, but then your feet's time is different. I don't get it. You can what you can see your feet. What does that have? You to can do? always see your feet. What For example, you? so like when your feet uh, reach past the event horizon, which is the point below which no no light can escape you see your feet at the event horizon because like if something falls into a black hole 
an observer outside will see it at the event horizon getting gradually redshifted and redshifted mm-hmm. for, for eternity. So you'll see your feet, but then when your head dips below the event horizon, you'll you'll see your feet in, inside the event horizon. Wouldn't you see, wouldn't it be kind of like a mirror? Like you'd see like behind you, behind your behind your head? So what point, heard, do, you, what point do you die though? When You'd probably die well before at this point. I re- no, so I, I, time is weird. I remember weird. a problem in the general relativity textbook we used, and it's showing that like if you have a big enough black hole, the event horizon is pretty big, and it, it said like there was a there would be a difference in forces of say like ten to the fourth newtons. You'd have some time in a some human scale time, like a few seconds or a few a few minutes or something, in a black hole before you die. Just like uh, an interstellar. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> did you see Interstellar? Yes, I did. What's Arf. your what's Arf. what's your summary of that movie? Um, From a scientific standpoint. I mean, so wormhole. It would not be possible to send matter through a wormhole because the wor- the wormhole would collapse as matter tries to tries to go through well, it. That's disappointing. Um, <laughs> but they did bring up a lot of uh, concepts in relativity. And I, I do really appreciate that. It's been a while since they've come out with a movie similar to Interstellar. Like the closest one was like The Martian, but like I think they need more. The Martian was more practical. More, Martian yeah. was definitely more practical. That was a mechanical, like, was a yeah. biomedical. But like, yeah. I mean, space movies, I like them, but they don't make enough of them. And it's been a while since either of them have been released. So Ian, I guess, what do you think about space travel? How far do you think we can get? Um. I mean, are you prepared to get enough humans to, like, to to have sustainable repopulation in order to like colonize something? Like, are we talking that far, or just like, like having like humans? human embryos that are like frozen, like on a on just like a interstellar ship that's going like for many, many, many years? I mean, people have talked about making giant sails, giant reflective sails. That yeah, use, I've heard about that. Uh, yeah, but then outside of the solar system. Yeah, we That'd need, we need faster tricky. than light travel. So yeah, this is what you mentioned before. That's not possible, not right? Not possible. Under any circumstances. But well, not ma- entirely, because you can kind of crinkle up space and then cut through it or something like weird. Well, like that. That, that's that's kind that's kind of like what a wormhole does. And there's um, you um, can't put matter. Through there's it. a yeah, you can't put matter through it. But you can put light through it. Hmm. Because then, how could you observe what's on the other side? I don't know. I'm going to have to check with the general relativity text, textbook on that. <laughs> yeah, there's like, I don't know, there's weird things I, I don't get because light has energy and there, it therefore should have mass, but then it moves at the speed of light. Does light have mass? No. Photo- why, photons why, are massless particles. But why, why does it have energy then? Because the ener- energy equals the, so energy squared equals the momentum squared plus the mass squared. I'm working in natural units where C equals one. Energy squared plus the mass squared. Energy squared. What, what happened e, to E equals mc squared? So, in in a in a massive particle's rest frame, so it's not, it's not moving. It its energy equals mc squared. So, or in natural units, just E equals m. But if, according to some observer, that particle has has a non-zero momentum, that observer will say this particle has energy equal to the square root of mc squared squared plus pc squared what is pc squared the momentum times the speed of light okay okay so so in a, in a rest so e equals mc squared is just a special case of the general energy momentum relations of when light isn't moving well no, no that, that's, that's only for massive particles because 
the way relativity works is that a massless particle, the only way for a massless particle to have finite energy is to move at the speed of light. So all massive particles, including gravitons, which we have not detected yet, but we know that the gravitational force carrier has to be similar to the uh, to similar to the photon, and it has to have spin two. Photons have spin one. Um, it should it, um, it it should also move at the speed of light, and gra and we've detected that gravitational waves do move at the speed of light. That's how the detection of gra gravitational waves happen. They knew it wasn't just like sending signals or a false signal because it happened at the exact, they, they have like they have different like different detectors across North America and the waves reached them as like they were moving at the speed of light. Yeah, as so, light would so reach it. So yeah. yeah. If you plopped a black hole like where the sun is, it would take eight minutes for us to feel its gravitational pull because we're like eight light minutes away. Well, so if is this black hole the same it's, mass it's as more the sun? That, no, it's more if you took no, the sun it, away, right? If you took the sun away, there would be ripples. Right. If the sun suddenly disappeared, the like since the sun is like it's depressing the fabric of space and time. Yes. Is like a there's like a big like 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 sort of hole mm -hmm. or not really a hole but like a bump. Oh, yeah, and if you took it out, it would start oscillating. It would come yes. back up. Yeah. And yeah. that would be the gravitational wave yes. that we would feel. Yes. And it move at the speed of light. Mm -hmm. How do we? Yeah. How like f from a Mechie standpoint, how did we actually detect that? So the lasers. way we, yeah the laser interferometers. So you have interferometers that are about like. They're at 90 degrees, and they're four kilometers long. Um, and It's like one place will observe the laser at a different time than the other. Yeah. the gravitational wave. And so if space-time is, space is, is compressed or expanded, yeah, the distance is different, and then you get an interference pattern with the, with the monochromatic lasers. Yeah. Interesting. They should be reading the same distance, but they, they stop because of some, like, I don't know, supernova, just, I don't know, like, compressing down. Coll collision of two black holes. Collision of two black holes. That's what it was. It's also, it can be detected from, if you have like, is it like neutrinos that orbit each other? Or not neutrinos, neutrinos. neutron stars? Or um, what's the term? I, I don't know what it is. It's like the two, if we have like the two really small stars that orbit each other constantly. They're like yeah, spinning around. Ne neutron stars. Neutron um, stars, yeah. I mean, those would be good for detecting magnetic fields, but uh, black holes, I mean... But they're really massive, and they're moving constantly, so that creates, like, a constant gravitational wave, I think. Yeah, I mean, unless there's, like, a maximum size for... Well, okay, so so there there, there is a maximum size. Like, a star... I, I think a star above 1.4 times the mass of our sun should eventually collapse into a neutron star, and... Like, our sun will collapse into a white... Uh, it'll go into a red giant and then become a white dwarf. Stars bigger than our sun will will eventually become neutron stars because so, like, of gravity is strong enough. And the stars, like, way bigger than that will become black holes. So neutron stars, I think there is some maximum mass. So those might be harder to detect than black holes, which can be arbitrarily large. Hmm. It's really annoying that the, the last uh, observable supernova that the Earth has experienced was, like, right before the telescope was invented. Really, like not long before. So it was mm -hmm. within a scale of like a couple hundred years. A couple decades. A telescope. Yeah. Meaning, like, it, isn't telescopes like, have been around since like Galileo. Meaning, right? yeah, and so the last supernova was around Galileo, but he had not invented the telescope. So yet. a couple hundred mm -hmm. years. And so, like, what it's like is like the. I mean, from what people describe it as, is that it's, it looks like a second sun, basically, if it's like close enough. If it's too close, then we're just dead. But like. If it's nice enough, then you can get a supernova that just is in the sky, like a second sun. So, so it, we're like Tatooine. I'm assuming that there's like there are so many stars that there's supernovas happening all the time, but some of them are just so far away that we can't see them. Yeah, is not that... from 
No, I mean, we, we can't see them, but just not, like, visibly for us. Is there, like, a range of where we can see stuff like that? Uh, I think older, like, what, like, older stars are more likely to be supernova because they're older. But mm-hmm. the older they are, the farther away they are. Because that's just, like, the first, like, you know, like, because light travels at a certain speed. So the further away something is, usually the older we are seeing it. Yeah, that's one of the older universe that we're looking mm-hmm. at. And the yeah. older universe was a lot more uh, volatile yeah. in the way it changes. Mm-hmm. That, that's a very lonely I watched, thought. I watched Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> if, like, everything you see in the night sky happened a pretty long time ago, right? Because it's, it's traveling at the speed of light, and they're yes. all many hundreds of light years away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so. confusing in our, maybe our search for like, habitable planets, because you're looking at things that it might be like... That are completely that, that, different. They might not even be there. Thousands <laughs> of years in the past, yeah. which actually is not much, but like, even millions of years. And even like, uh, I, don't, I know that for... Uh, when I was in high school, I really liked uh, astrophysics a lot, and so like finding planets is really hard because you can't see, planets don't naturally like emit their own light, so like you kind of have to do all these other things to infer about mm-hmm. them using the like spectros- spectroscopy of like what they kind of reflect from like the suns nearby, and you have to kind of look for them in transit. So you look at a star really closely, and if it dims in light a little bit, you can kind of notice a planet like crossing the star like and it's like rotation around it yeah uh so i don't know i don't know like stuff like that so like it's really hard to find planets and then really hard to deem like what uh i don't know like how their atmosphere is made of so i guess that's kind of uh, a question for ian would be why why do stars emit light but planets don't what do you, um, what do you because wait, what? St- because so because I mean like there's still relatively large bodies. No, because the star is so much bigger. The nuclear, the, the it's so much pressure that nuclear fusion occurs. Yeah, it has enough and gravitational energy to instigate uh, nuclear fusion. Planets don't. Yeah, planets. So are too yeah, small. physically, what is happening? This is a force acting on the. Let's have a fusion lesson. So, there's, if you have a, this is a downwards force acting on the particles at the surface. Let's say you have two clouds of gas. One is the mass of Jupiter, and one is the mass of the Sun. Sure. The they both compress because of gravitational attraction. They compress onto themselves. Onto, onto themselves. Yeah. Yes. So, the one that's the mass of Jupiter will compress into a gas planet, but it won't. The, the gravitational energy, not there won't be enough of that to, uh, to convert into heat energy to start um, hydrogen fusing into helium. And you'll just get a, a gas planet. Now, the one that's, that's the size of our sun, there will be so much gravitational energy that it'll get converted into heat energy, and then hydrogen fusion begins, and then it becomes a self-sustaining fusion reactor. Makes sense. Okay, so if you kept on adding mass to a planet, is there a point where it becomes a star because it has enough gravitational pull that the fusion can occur um a gas planet maybe but the problem is if you already have a gas planet then you don't have it, it takes you you gain a certain amount of energy by bringing the gas molecules in from a, a far distance away and so once it's a gas planet you don't you lose that energy if you got enough matter around it you you could make it a star and maybe just and then once you get fusion the gas from the planet will start fusing around a solid planet i mean it, you'd basically just be creating a star around a planet and the solids wouldn't do much interesting yeah there's a i don't know each time that because you know you turn hydrogen into helium and helium yeah. into nitrogen 
yeah. helium and helium. well helium with hydrogen into lithium and then it goes off the periodic table until you reach iron 56 which has the highest binding energy per nucleon and so you that's the most energetically favorable and isotope. so we, we get stuck with a bunch of iron but then like i don't know like supernova explosions make uh the higher elements yeah that's so, like the higher up the more rare it is, the only reason things are more rare is because it takes like a higher amount of like catastrophic energy mm-hmm. to create them yeah so like i don't know like creating uranium was probably some like intense explosion yeah billions of years ago yeah. aren't either, there you sorry. were gonna say oh, I, I can say either natural or man-made intense explosions yeah aren't there aren't there theories that like the first like the the first like the elements like like i guess combined to create life like the first like single cell organisms like they that was comes from supernovas like the elements that are formed in supernovas well, somehow I don't, know, I don't know the steps in between. I mean, it, but. Bio- biological life. What elements are needed for that that are above iron in the periodic table, though? Because like not, carbon, not nitrogen, any. like sodium, potassium, like magnesium, those are all below iron. When I when yeah, I, when I read the book Cosmos back a while ago, uh, it was talking. I don't know because it's it's truly like everything at that point is just like a theory, and they can't like really prove it because it was so long ago like yeah and not until we like land on a planet and look at like an ocean and see like very primitive biological life would we ever really know uh but like what they what they said is that like at a certain point in time like the beginning of life must have been either some <laughs> some god i guess or like there's like i mean life is just uh kind of beings kind of trying to like reproduce their dna right like we just want to yeah, spread our DNA. Evolution. We yeah. spread our DNA. Mm-hmm. That's our our instincts. And so at some time, like the Earth was just kind of like this like soup of like many particles, and some of them joined together until that they kind of formed molecules that could like kind of recreate themselves. And then after that, like once like a molecule could start kind of trying to like recreate itself, like DNA, like DNA, like when it kind of gets when it gets unzipped, it kind of bonds mm-hmm. with these new molecules to create more of itself. Like each time it splits. And then, like, from that, it kind of grows to, like, being, like, what formation of molecules can better reproduce itself. And then those ones survive. And then you kind of Darwinism. get more and more and more. <laughs> Darwinism, yeah. Like, I don't know, natural selection of, like, all the all these randomized particles that could survive better just by their own likelihood, like, survive better. And then those ones get more and more involved until you have, like, I don't know, like, some, like, single-celled organism. It's kind of a leap. Like, I don't know, when I read it, I didn't feel very satisfied. But, like, really, you can't know. Because you, you need something to replicate DNA. You need the molecule like an unzipped DNA and then like like zip zip new strands together. Yeah, like I don't know. You, there's like, I mean, there's always the yeah, like the like who created anything. Yeah. First place argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's there, I don't know. Like it's it's weird how that all ties in because uh, like I don't know. Like physics always is kind of kind of relies on like a cause and effect kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so like if you don't have a cause and you can't have an effect. But I don't know if there's maybe a certain point where that breaks down, like the like start of the universe, like what, what is the beginning, and like what was there's, I mean, some there can't be an original cause, because that cause would in itself need a cause, and so like it's it's broken, yeah, nothing makes sense. 
And that argument is a big reason why I personally am religious. Like we're practically like talking like met, like the yeah, metaphysical, you, theological. I, I would like to hear. Okay, point. so yeah, how do we yeah, bring no, in the religious so, yeah, side yeah, of your so, life? Yeah, now we got we got the scientific this. side, we got the religious side, we got the political side. I'm so glad we got yeah. into something that wasn't just pure science. Okay. <laughs> Ian's wearing a, a big gold you. cross chain on his chest. It's not gold. Oh, it's, 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 it's sterling it's silver. Sterling silver. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Still, he's still a science man. I always assume it's gold, but you know. Okay, so. I guess number one question is what is your opinion on like the beginning of all of it? So um, when, when you look at the, the um, cancellation of the background energy in the universe, when you look at the values of the gravitational constant, the speed of light, Planck's constant, the universe was very fine tuned. That's, that's fact. That's, that's true. And it's, it's amazing. Like the cancellation of the background energy, it's canceled to 10 to the 120. So um, that, that's, that's a that's, large it's, number. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very precise cancellation. Um, and then the, the strength of the strong nuclear force in order to form non hydrogen, like uh, elements above hydrogen, and the gravitational constant to form the proper size of stars, stars and planets. Um, and, like it, it just all came together to create like it, it came together so precisely to create life and if, if any of those things were just was thrown off balance by even a very slight amount like we wouldn't be here um shooting wouldn't be here either i don't know yeah, no, we, we, we don't know back in um, um so i that leads me to believe that there was a fine tuner the universe is fine-tuned i think there was a fine tuner that had that is eternal and was not caused by anything else so my reasoning from a physics perspective leads me to deism what leads me to christianity specifically is uh there history says there was a guy named jesus christ he walked around like like teaching and healing people and he was crucified and when they went to his tomb on the third day he wasn't there that's 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 history and i happen to believe that he that like the the Christian theology about him that he was the son of God and he, and he was divine and then that's how he got in the, like that that that's how he got out of the tomb. Yeah. So I that and that and that is that is a statement of faith. Deism, I think you can just get to solely by reason, but to pick any specific religion that requires faith. So you are you saying that you picked your religion or you just have like an innate sense that it is the correct religion well i mean i grew i grew up i grew up going to church so sure. i i can't i can't say that like i picked it like based on it being the, the, the most reasonable but the, the more i study it the more the, like the, the, the more it makes sense and the more i do believe it is true so you're uh you're a protestant correct yes which denomination i mean i grew up in the methodist church um i don't really identify with any particular denomination like I've gone to, I go to a non-denominational church at CMU. Um, well, when, when, I, when I'm here, not like actually at CMU. Um, I went to a non-denominational church in Lausanne, and I actually went to a Catholic church in Rehovot. That's the city where the Wiseman Institute is. So, I, I don't, re- I don't really care too much about denominations. Interesting. So, if one other denomination, like if like Lutherans are correct, like about everything. Like what? What would what would your opinion? Like what would your explanation of that be? That like you just happen to be born into a different culture that's like slightly different in like how the beliefs have been adjusted over history. Well, it's like when all, you get, like 
Okay. So when you get into like different denominations, it's more about like religious practices. There might be some theological differences. Like Catholics believe that Mary was born without original sin, and like most Protestants don't. But uh, like Luther Lutheranism versus Methodism, um, th it's it's basically like different worship services and cer like certain churches might hold different beliefs like southern baptists are more politically conservative than a lot than like a lot of presbyterians for example but you, in terms of theology it's not that different what do you believe about predestination um i mean so i believe that god imbued humans with free will um and that so that we do have uh, a reasonable degree of control over our lives. Obviously, things happen to us that are out of our control. Um, but so there's the belief that God is God is eternal and He knows everything, um, and there and therefore He know, He knows how we're all going to end up. So why so why isn't there predestination? But I I think that the the response is that you like God. So God knows how we'll end up, but He. He, he still gave us the free will to determine how that to, to determine that how that is going to be so I, I don't i don't believe in the traditional like predestination belief like a certain people will live this way and will be saved and a certain people and like some people some people won't so that's sort of going to like just the higher dimensionality of it like we can't really understand that concept of unknowing what's going to happen but also giving us control like it's sort of like something we can't really grasp like we see things so one-dimensionally like we're just moving through time yes like that concept is not applied to like a higher being like God. Can someone yes. be independent of time? Um, I I mean it, I mean everyone can have different like time frames of like references of yeah. like who is some people's time is moving faster than others. Yeah. But like when they all come back together at the same moment, they're all gonna be all their time frames are gonna be resolved. Yes, and I mean some people will age more quickly than others, and, and like like the twin paradox for example. Um, but that, that can be explained by physics. Um, from like a metaphysical standpoint, I would say that I believe the divine, like the divine, um, in my case, like God, like God the Trinity, to be um, not subject to the laws of physics. Like God exists outside of the physical universe. Interesting. Where would um, that be? Like that's what what space is that? I mean, I think at that point the traditional laws of space and time break down, and I and like we, we we don't know. So do you, do you you don't think it's like a higher dimension? You just think it's something in a completely other like ballpark. Like, like <laughs> physics will never be able to explain. I mean, I like phys, physics can never explain like how the universe got started. So let's let's say our understanding of physics is wrong, and we and we can in fact determine what co what caused the Big Bang, because right now we can't we can't look back in time before the Big Bang because we can't we can't see that far. And you could argue that there's no such thing as time before the Big Bang. Yeah. Like that argument exactly. kind of breaks down. Because yeah. all, all mass is concentrated in a single spot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and time is an average value. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, even if we can determine what caused that, then we have to go like, what, like what, what caused that? And then so on. And then there has to be something that created the laws of physics. And I believe that something would have to be outside of those laws of physics. Interesting. What, what is your opinion on, on, or your beliefs on higher dimensions and stuff like that. That's kind of like, oh yeah, that's kind of trippy to think about. Like, like within the current universe, or like theologically, or like outside the current universe, or what? Like, if if you think that God isn't in like a higher dimension, like I can see like if there's like a creator, if there's a higher being, 
like they're in like they're like a fourth or fifth or however many dimensions there are like mm-hmm. just like something that we can't understand like depends whatever dimensions are because dimensions usually refer to space so like, yeah yeah uh, four, but like four dimensions is just kind of like we have four dimensional things but they're just like functions like why time is technically yeah space space and time space and time are like are, we can are make models to sort of have an understanding yeah. of higher dimensions but i mean there's like hyperplanes and stuff like dimen- mm-hmm. dim- i don't know if dimensions is the right way to talk about it because dimensions are just space and I mean, like, higher dimensional theories have been proposed as, like, a, a grand unified theory, which which would be, like, a theory of everything. So it, there could be a slight possibility that there are higher dimensional things in this universe. I don't really know if there are, but maybe. Like in a flatland. <laughs> but, yeah. TBT to when Mrs. Turner wouldn't let us watch the whole flatland because some of it was violent. Shout out to flatland. Do you know what flatland is? I'm more a flatland. What what I I mean I don't know if it's related, but I've I've heard like the metaphor of like the ant walking on a piece of paper as being like a lower dimensional. It's I mean so the whole uh, premise of flatland at least there's there's a I think there's a PG ver a, I don't know, like a slightly PG version and like a more violent version I think uh, different animation styles but I mean the whole idea of flatland is that there is uh, the kind of this world called Flatland and everyone exists on like a Flatlandia Flatlandia on a two-dimensional plane so everyone is like squares or triangles and I think like in the child version which we watched in in the end of AP Calc uh, me and Ian because we went to the same high school but so like there's like you had you were higher ranked uh, the more sides you had or whatever it's kind of irrelevant but like the idea is that these people all lived on a 2D plane and so all they observed was 2D stuff and this one square, his life was changed when a sphere kind of, like, entered his plane. Like, the sphere is, like, wandering around in 3D space, and he enters this 2D world. And so he's only observable from a circle, and then he kind of, like, pushes this square outside from the 2D plane into the 3D space. And so that this 2D square, who's never experienced anything beyond just, like, being able to observe, like, the side of somebody, because he can't see, like, all sides, because it's not, it's only in 2D. Uh can see this whole 3D world and then he kind of comes back and tries to explain to the rest of his friends like why that there's uh, this extra dimension out there and then like I don't know like later on like the 2D guy at the end like I don't know some some there's some conflict between this classes of how uh, how many sides you have doesn't matter but then the 2D guy goes to the 3D guy like you know like my mind was blown because this 3D world is like exists like what's like could it be possible that like a 4D world exists and then the 3D sphere is like, no, 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 like impossible. Like that's such like a ridiculous idea. And then it kind of like pans out and then it shows some like visualization of like what 4D could look like. But we, we clearly can't observe it because like, I don't know how you would project 4D onto a 2D image. So, mm-hmm. like, but like, yeah, I mean, like it's hard. You can't really like say that there's not four dimensions if you like just can't see it. And you can't really mathematically prove it either. So. Yeah, what what I was saying before was like another another way of like describing it is like if you have an ant walking on a piece of paper, like the ant, no matter what orientation the paper is, it sort of experiences the same thing. Like it just thinks it's walking in a straight line. So you could have the paper be like curved down like this, and if it's walking along it, it thinks it's like still going in a straight line, but it's traveling a different way through three D space. Yeah. So if you extrapolate that up to like we're going through three D space on like any curvature through four D space, like yes. we can't really understand that we're moving in like that different direction because we don't understand like the different orientations of three of 3d space we're taking the space. passive least action um through 4d space yes yeah Got him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> liam what are your thoughts yeah, on all this uh yeah we're what are we we're, we're pretty we're 
we're pretty deep in. We're like an hour twenty two. I don't know if it's if we have more things to say or if we could end it. We don't uh, even, I have so many more questions I could ask. There's, there's infinite questions that we. Could I could ask. keep on drilling, because drilling Ian until he. <laughs> have we hit the end of the shooming debacle? Like, I, I think that's over. <laughs> I haven't even gone to talk like really in depth about Palestine yet. I could talk oh, for a yeah, little bit about that. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go a segment about you. Like, uh, let's talk about um, that speech that guy gave to you that was so influential that you just you, you texted me about it. Oh my. Okay, so that actually wasn't in Palestine. That was in Jordan. Oh, um, so I, I I went to see uh, Petra. And it's a, it's a city in Jordan. Well, it's not it's not a city. It was like an ancient uh, civilization. It was a Nabataean, uh, the Nabataeans. That, that's what they were called. And they they were pretty advanced in terms of like architecture and art and engineering. You can see their carvings. There's the the, the famous uh, the urn tomb. That's like the most famous thing there. Um, and and the, the pipes, um, the, like the clay pipes that were eventually uh, replaced with lead pipes when the Romans conquered the area. And so it was, it was just supposed to be a sightseeing tour. And I, I just wanted to go into Jordan just to like visit more countries. I, when I was in the Middle East, I, I, so I lived in Israel. I visited the West Bank uh, three separate times, once for a religious tour in Bethlehem and two political tours. I visited Jordan and then I told you about Turkey. Um, and so I, um, the, the guide, uh, he, like, so he, like he was Jordanian. He studied in the U.S. for a bit. He was like fluent in English. Um, and he he started he started talking about like how um so like okay around the sites he would he would tell us about the actual sites and everything but then on the bus ride uh, we had some pretty long bus rides he started talking about like like the situation in Jordan today and like the the economic and the like 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 culture um that like that that kind of stuff and. Uh, he just started going off on U.S. and uh, British foreign policy. Like, he was just going off the rails talking about how George Bush robbed the world's largest gas station and the British Empire divided up the Middle East to put in corrupt leaders to control it. Um, and, and how, like, Maduro and Erdogan were, like, were just reactions against the West and how the Gulf states and Israel are going to unite to, like, overthrow the Western imperialists. Um, he, he he said like the Jews and Muslims will unite like they did in medieval Spain and like I asked this guy if he was religious and he said no he, like he's he's secular um, wow. and so he's just like trashing U.S. and British foreign policy and I'm just sitting in the back of all time like yes this is the greatest this is the this greatest is the thing guy. ever I didn't even I didn't even come here for this but this is what I came for and then afterwards I tip him all the cash I have on me I'm like this is the best freaking speech i've ever heard and not that exact language but you you, you get my drift and then, and then other people are like oh, not 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 that much like 30 shekels or so which is probably like eight israeli shekels not, about like nine usd um nice. and then after, <laughs> after, after, yeah. i didn't have much cash okay um and so the, so then that. and then other tourists be like you're american like you you like you, you should have hated that speech i'm like yeah i know <laughs> And, the, and I, I sent Josh Snapchats afterwards because I was so hyped about that. Was, that was I was, like, sitting at my, like, desk job just, like, coding, and I get these, like, snaps from Ian, like, dude, like, I, I didn't get much of the contents of the speech, but I just got, like, this, like, I just heard the best speech ever from my, from my tour guide, and, like, the first thing I thought was, like, is Ian, like, hammered or something? Like, what, <laughs> what, what did he, what did he hear? But then he just kept going on about how great the speech was mm -hmm. wish i was there i don't know now i'll never really know what it was like yeah besides. 
it made it better knowing a lot about U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East and Latin America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people on Reddit are always, like, making fun of the British for, like, drawing the, the border lines of the Middle East. But then, like, I think about it, and I was like, they definitely did that on purpose to, like, I don't know, divide people. Yeah, d- divide and conquer. To divide and conquer. And I was like, it makes too much sense. Hot mm-hmm. take. Like, I don't know, like, on Reddit, like, the r slash history memes, it's, like, British, like, drawing the borders, and it shows, like, kind of some kind of fool just, like, just drawing randomly. I'm like, no, it's, it's going to be very deliberate. Like, you can just carve up people. Why not? Like, I mean, it makes sense. Want. Like, they, they have, like, corrupt pro-Western leaders in, uh, e- like, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Jordan. So, it's working like a charm. Yeah. No problem. I also read a, a book called, uh, all like, whenever we thought that we were going to, like, go to war with Iran because of the whole thing. Wow, that was, like... That was only a month ago, but it's like the least of our worries. The assassination. <laughs> the assassination of uh, whatever his name is. Soleimani. Soleimani. And like, I so I, I read like a book like in uh, like a day and a half called like All the Shah's Men, which shows like the uh, the coup of uh, was it Mossadegh? Mo- Mossadegh, nineteen fifty three. Nineteen fifty three, and like the stuff that they pulled, like uh, they like kind of the guy kind of tells the whole story, like kind of like play-by-play of what happens and it's like crazy like because like the british got like thrown out because of like their whole like uh deal with like a whole like ordeal with what was going on with the company that would later become uh, bp yeah uh the like iranian british oil or anglo iranian british oil company whatever it's called and so they like they told the americans like all right then it's your job now and then they like the brit the american people were like Honestly, like, every story I feel like is that, like, with, uh, like, regimes that don't like us is that they really liked us at first because, like, of, like, our American ideals and everything, but then we kind of, like, get into this, like, like, oh, my God, they're communists, and then we start pulling all these things and then kind of make them not like us. Uh, so, like, the, when the British came to us and we were like, hey, like, you should overthrow this Iranian government because uh, they're messing up with our, like, our oil and we're making a ton of money from our oil company. And America, like, Truman's, like, not, or whoever came, uh, not, FDR. FDR didn't want to deal with it because he had to deal with World War II. But Truman was, like, uh, like, I got this, like, Korean War going on. Like, you really shouldn't bother me. Oh, maybe it was Eisenhower. It Truman was, was not Korean War. Truman was the end of World War II. Yeah. It was, it, 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 isn't the Truman is Korean War. So it's Truman and Eisenhower. Truman was, like, the beginning of the Korean War? Korean yes. War was early 50s, right? Yeah, so Truman, wasn't it? Was Truman... It's Truman and Eisenhower. Did Truman serve two... Because Truman got into the war, Eisenhower wanted to get out. Interesting. Yeah. So there's Truman and Eisenhower, and then so Truman didn't want to do it, and then Eisenhower was doing it, was cop in. And then the British were like, yeah, but like, Iran, like, I think Mossadegh is a communist. And they're like, oh, like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. We got to overthrow him. And then they overthrow him. And then, like, uh, we get, like, what, like, 27 years of, like, a really nice Iran, and then they, they kick us out. We're never friends again. So that's, uh, you know, Josh's understanding of history. Really nice, Iran. I'll, I'll 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 challenge that a little bit no, for we another time. They were nice with us. They were, okay, nice with us. Yes. Okay. Okay. They That's were, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like nice, Iran is in that U.S. people could go there without mm-hmm. without fear and be all touristy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean definitely the the leadership was probably like like I don't know like U.S. Uh, classic in the communist like I don't know like Cold War era is like as long as you're not communist, mm-hmm. we're okay with you as long even if you're like a horrible dictator. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, witness Guatemala and Chile too. So yeah, yeah, and uh, Bo- and Bolivia right now. <coughs> cough. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah. purposeful cough by Ian. All right. I don't have coronavirus. Uh, that was a. Uh, oh yeah, a fake might, cough. Might, we'll get you tested soon. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't have enough test kits. Uh, at least on top of Pittsburgh, uh, we have two confirmed cases in Allegheny County, so it's only a matter of time. <laughs> One potential CMU, apparently. Real? Oh, yeah. I yeah, that was about that. Yeah. Someone has uh, flu-like we, symptoms. We have, like, I don't know, we have so much to talk about because we recorded that Druva podcast, like, early. So, like, that was very, like, recent. That was, that was before coronavirus. Before <laughs> before coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, so... I mean, if you're a CMU student, you know that uh, classes have been canceled. If you're a college student, you know that classes have been canceled. Uh, so CMU classes have been canceled for the rest of the semester. Well, online. Online. But they were recently, recently uh, the grading policy became pass slash no pass. As you said this afternoon. So yeah. eight, eight days after you get your final grade back, you can elect to be pass fail. Which is like seven basically... Days. Seven days. Seven days. Basically, basically meaning you can't like get a bad grade because if you get a bad grade you just go pass and then you can and it gets most importantly it gets counted for university credit mm-hmm. yeah, which is like so you can graduate deal. so you can graduate so tech, no matter what i've won i can graduate <laughs> but if i want to like i don't know not be a like a, a vegetable like <laughs> i would not want to pass fail if i don't have to because you I mean, it doesn't reflect good on you if you just go pass fail on your transcript well as long, uh, <laughs> There's, on, there is a world-ending pandemic yeah. going on. I think yeah. that most companies and grad schools would understand. Yeah, yeah, but I guess like it's hard. To, I mean, I like live in Pittsburgh, so I'm not very disruptive. Like, I what I could go home right now. I mean, other people that are international students, like if they go home, they're not coming back. But if CME was to announce the next day, like, oh, like classes are back on, coronavirus has magically disappeared, I could be here in like 20 minutes. Yeah, but that's probably not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> but also, what if you get like horribly sick? Like, it, aren't you gonna want the option to pass fail? Like, I feel like that's gonna that's affect your I ability. Mean, coronavirus apparently doesn't get people horribly sick. It just gets old people horribly sick but and hard to breathing. It, if well, you get it, it depends on where you get the infection because you can get it in different places. If you get it in your throat, I'm pretty sure like your your nose and throat region, it's not as bad. But if it's in your lungs, it becomes similar to pneumonia, and then you're like you're really like affected more drastically. Interesting. I think that depends on how like able to be affected you are it depends it's person by person based on like what i don't know pre-existing yeah. like stuff you have. it depends on your environment depends on who you are no, but like if you have like that. asthma or like other like things that, that too work. even if you're young like, i mean if you have diabetes, asthma and you get pneumonia that's it's more difficult to yeah. deal with this. I'm, gonna, that's the same thing. I'm gonna say here it's only a matter of time for each and every one of us gets coronavirus I think, yeah, I agree with that. Um, especially with how long the symptoms take to show. Yeah. At this point, I think a lot of people are carrying it without knowing it. Yeah. A lot more than is reported. It's gonna, like, you're gonna get coronavirus, and I don't know if you're old, you might you might die, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, gonna, hopefully not. You're, like... What is, what is the number right now? Is it at, like, it's well over 100,000 of infected, no. right? Infected? I don't know. Worldwide, it's, it's over 100,000. Really? Yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. That's it's like and that's only confirmed, is, right? Only confirmed. Hundred thousand compared to the total population is prevalent is like insignificant. Yeah, yeah but it was also at like ten thousand like a month or two it's, ago. It's, it's very much exponential. It's growing level. very rapidly. It's, it's exponential now because the cases is much smaller than the population. When the cases when those two become comparable, it'll be it'll it'll be a logistic growth. So when does that this guy please? When does this? Uh, <laughs> when does this become? Uh, what what population? Not like when is, what, what is well, comparable? So so logistic growth. The differential equation is um, d, this is like d, very simple. Dy dx equals y times m minus y, where m is the population. So the your nor so when y is much much smaller than m that the m factor it, it just becomes the m minus y becomes almost constant so then you just get exponential growth but when it becomes comp- uh, comparable it levels out so when 
So if the total case is equal to population, then dy dx is just zero. It just stays constant. And it yeah, looks but like if we get to that point where that many people are infected, we've got bigger problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get there. Hopefully all of these measures that are being taken are going to have some effect in slowing the infection rate. And I heard I heard Amazon hiring uh, hundred thousand extra workers to deal with. Uh, oh, well, they're going to have to the deliveries. Also, people are only delivering things now. Food delivery too. All the restaurants in Allegheny County are closed. DoorDash. Yeah. DoorDash. Food Uber Uber, Uber Eats, Eats recently announced that they're waiving all delivery fees. Whoa. Um, that's kind of expensive. That's expensive yeah. for them, but yeah. I feel like they're going to get so much business that they might make money. Yeah. Well, they make money from delivery fee, do they not? Well, they, there might be other fees. They probably make a, yeah. I, don't, I think there are multiple fees in addition to the restaurant probably fee. pays oh. them a certain amount to be able to use their service. Oh, I see. That's true because certain restaurants will like side with certain services. Yeah. Like some only use Grubhub, some only use Uber Eats. Yeah. I don't know how it works economically. Who, I don't know who pays I'm it. sure. I mean, Uber is notorious for not having very good. Ethics. Yeah. <laughs> well, not ethics, but I was going to say profitability. Too. I mean, regular Uber is not making a lot of money. Yeah. They're losing a lot of money. See, this is a perfect time for drone delivery to come in. I'm gonna drone food delivery or also Starship. Or anything. Shout out to Starship, a local Pittsburgh experiment. Oh, the, the ground one? The little robots yeah. that run around. And no, but like, I'm talking about like Amazon Prime like, delivery. Like, they've, they have... Like their drones. Amazon Prime right? is already at one day delivery, and I don't know how anything could be any better. Well, drone delivery could be thirty minutes. <laughs> I just like that's just. And also, there isn't a person who has to do that's it. That's just yeah. too wild. Just, I, yeah, but like, like they, <laughs> it's a p. It's like a drone. I don't know. There's just so much regulation in the way. Yeah, we're not there yet. We're from yeah, a regulation standpoint, exactly. we're not I there mean, yet. I did a whole I mean, project on this last semester. <laughs> <so I laughs> even can't. like with the simple starships, like those are just these little rolling things that go along the ground. There and they they there cause are. problems because the algorithms are not perfect. Like the robots are not smart enough to deal with yeah, traffic and to figure by, out. By like, pit, aren't they? No, they're designed by Starship. Nice. Starship used a couple of college campuses to prove their point, and there was an instance uh, at University of Pittsburgh where one of the Starship robots had a failure in its algorithm on the ramp onto the sidewalk like the for that's there so that people with like wheelchairs can get up and a woman in a wheelchair who i think was a professor at uh pit uh was trying to get up that ramp and couldn't and was stuck in the road because she couldn't get the wheelchair around the starship robot and i think there was litigation with the company uh as a result so <laughs> there's a lot of regulation that has to happen before i mean the technology is there the the laws aren't yeah. and that's the problem okay all right, should we end it now? This is gonna be this is gonna be our. We keep making our podcast longer. Yeah, I think we've we've done it. This is the new longest one. One thirty-seven. I mean, we talked about so much about physics, and uh, it's mostly physics. In, <laughs> it's like an about hour, metaphysics. It's an hour of physics. <laughs> an hour of physics easily. A, lo- sure. a little bit of uh, of uh, court, Josh. Josh's court. Yeah. Trying to figure out <laughs> the people's court. With the, the local dispute between Ian and Shuming <laughs> over us over the, the small fee of one twelfth of sixteen twenty five dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to listen through this whole thing to build the link dump, which is by the way at Carnegie Tar- Honestly, for the link dump, just look up like a couple of famous physicists and put their top books. <laughs> Brian Greene. Ian, you re- recommend a good physics textbook right now. Um. Um, quantum mechanics: A modern approach by James Townsend. Is that not just the textbook that you're currently reading for class? Yeah, I think it's a good textbook. 
Interesting. Nice. All right. If you're looking for something that's not a textbook, uh, look up the Feynman lectures. Hmm. If you're in, if you're in, if you're in high school, that's a really good time to read them. <laughs> videos, <laughs> videos, or, or videos or the books. Oh, the lecture. Okay, books. Okay. I mean, honestly, with all of us being quarantined, people uh, might actually take this advice <laughs> and read some physics. People might textbooks. actually yeah. listen to our podcast. Graham, Graham. <laughs> Graham yeah, first step, they might actually listen to it. <laughs> Shout out to Graham for still still being out there listening yeah. up to this yeah, point. Yeah, we know he's listening mm-hmm. every second of every podcast. So <laughs> yep. All of you. Kudos guys. to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all and and then once we can travel again, make sure visit Palestine. Go on a tour with uh, Beyond right. Borders tours. Shout out! Shout out to Rami. Um, best tour company ever. Best realist, most life changing view of Palestine you'll ever see. I have to throw that in there. I was planning on it. I mean, we didn't get to talk about Palestine specifically. So, but that, that that's all I'll say. Go on a tour with Beyond Borders. Maybe another time. I mean, we have. We definitely have a, a smaller selection of guests now that everyone has been forced to go home. That's true. Maybe we could do a Schuming Ian. I think Schuming's going home. Oh, is he? Schuming is not sure yet. Well, well, I mean, Schuming's personal life is not yeah. the topic of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about it next week. We can talk about it next oh, week. Oh, really? Personal life isn't a topic of a podcast. Why don't someone? Why doesn't someone tell Schuming that? <laughs> you got him. Holy <laughs> <Got him. laughs> All right, wrap it up. That's it. It's over. <laughs>